This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So I had an epiphany last night, Did you know? I did. Sitting down at the dinner table, waiting on dinner to get done. It was way too late for me to be cooking dinner, by the way. That's just a whole nother story in itself. What'd you cook? I mean, I had some turkey chops, some rice, some okay. green beans, okay. you know, a little gravy, okay. little, yeah, blackened time, it, smothered it. What you know? time did you start cooking turkey? Man, it was like 10.30, man. You started cooking turkey <laughs> Started cooking at 10.30. At 10:30. There's okay, a story so, behind that. Oh, okay, it must I'll, be. I, right. I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. Make sure you rate. That is a FedEx truck. And review it. That is a FedEx <laughs> truck. <laughs> yes, it is. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We are available wherever you find and listen to your podcast. So, here's my epiphany. Right now, I know we're only through two weeks, but right now. Okay, I'm ready. 49ers are the best team in the NFC West right now. In the NFC West. In the NFC West right now. The 49ers are the best team in the NFC West through, right now. Through two weeks. I know uh, it's extremely early in the season. Okay. Wait, 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 I, I, hear I, me out for a I, second. Okay. So you got the Rams, right? Okay. They're they're the standard as far as the West goes right now. Yes. The last couple of years. Yes. Gurley doesn't look right to me. He, he got banged up a little bit after scoring True. that touchdown. He came back, but he, he, he still doesn't look quite right. I know he had, you know, he put up some yards against Carolina, had a decent game against the Saints, but he still doesn't look right. And that offense, it, it, the, the, the fear factor, I don't think is still quite there with that offense. Cooper Cup looks amazing, mind you. He looks good player. He looks every good player, bit the smart part. player coming back looks, off that knee looks good. Looks like the guy. Looks, he looks like the same guy. Yeah, and yeah. who they missed last year tremendously mm-hmm. going through that playoff run. Aaron Donald was Aaron Donald. Yes. Um, but that offense, it, it, to me, it doesn't quite look – it, it, it doesn't look like it did a year – that fear factor, that wow factor hasn't quite been there with that offense so far this season. You look at Seattle, right, struggled against the 12s at home uh-huh. against a Bengals team that the Niners just demolished on the road. And then they go to Pittsburgh and they play one half against – a non-Big Ben-led Pittsburgh Steelers team, and they barely get out of there with a three-point win. The Cardinals are just the Cardinals. They're not. They're, they're not going to be in the mix this year. Kyler Murray, you know, each week he continues to get a little bit, a little bit better. Uh-huh. The Niners were dominant on Sunday. That defense was tremendous. Defense was tremendous against the Buccaneers in Week One. The they say I've been hearing this my entire football life, right? You make your biggest strides as a team from week one to week two. The offense looked pretty good in week one. Week two, you saw the creativity, the imagination of Kyle Shanahan. You saw Jimmy Garoppolo get into it, and you saw weapons, 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 on top of weapons. And I'm talking about Mostert. I'm talking about Breida. I'm talking about even Kittle, who didn't even have that great of a game. 
Mark. He has some really good blocks. Really yeah, he, he has some good yeah. blocks. Yeah. But he as played, far, he as played as, well. As far as he did play well, yeah. but as far as catching the ball, the, the reception numbers, uh-huh. we know weren't there. But he still played played a really good game. Marquise Goodwin did his thing. Yeah. Debo caught his very first touchdown pass. Forty one seventeen. And I, I was watching it, watching it last night. You know, as, as I was cooking, I was watching the replay, and I couldn't help but think about you, right? And the colors, right? You always, you always talk about the colors, uh-huh. right? It was so much red there in Cincinnati. It's I a mean, nice all feeling. the Bengals fans. Had, had I used left. to love that. They, I, all, they I used to love going on the road, and you look up, and it would look like a home game. I'm te- I used I'm, to love that. I'm telling you, and and I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they haven't played anybody yet." This, that, yes, and they other. have. They played two games. They played NFL teams. This, this is the NFL, and, and I heard you tell me last week. You know the 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 margin between the good teams and the not so good teams. Oh, it's minute. It's yes. there you go. Yes, every everyone's an NFL player. There you go. Everyone's in a, it's like what people, you know, you'll see a bad team. You know, like years past, you would have a, a bad Detroit team or a bad Cleveland team, and they're like, well, you know, Oklahoma would beat them. Ohio State would beat them. No, Alabama would. would beat them. They would get crushed. Yeah. Those college teams would get crushed by 70 points. Yeah. And it, 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 playing the backups in the NFL because everyone's an NFL player. Everyone's an NFL player. You know, those, those colleges may have, what, 10 NFL players, if they're, if I mean, they're that's a great really college. good, yeah. If you're really you got, good, well, guess what? An NFL squad has 53. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so that's not the case. Now, let's go back to what you said about your biggest strides from week one to two. If your biggest strides, that's what they say. I don't know. I don't that's know what who, I've been I don't know who they is. We need to get Day to come and get pick up a microphone because <laughs> if, if Day is saying that your biggest strides are from week one to week two within a season. Then you peaked way too soon. Way too soon. And you're going to get skull drug all over. It's going to just be a bloody corpse on the side of the road by the time you get to December. I I think it's a little overblown myself. You got to get better. You got to get better. So now you're saying your epiphany is that they are the best team in the NFC West. Right now, today. Right now. And I would go out and say that they're the third best team. Really? In the NFC right now. Yes. Right right now, today. Yeah, well, because you're talking about the way the Rams won and how they look. They won. You're talking about the way Seattle won and how they look. They won. Just like the Niners won when people were saying, well, they only beat Tampa. Well, no, they beat the team that they've had to play. That's the same that the Rams and uh, the Seattle has done. They've had some tough games, and those opponents played well on those days, and they found ways to win those games. Um, the way the Rams' offense is looking right now, it's a copycat league. People saw what happened in the Super Bowl. So last year you get out there, and um, McVay has this fast-break offense, and it's like the Warriors, and guys are just spreading zones and – and Greatest show on in, surf. in space, and they're moving around. And then what happened, you see as things get um, into the playoffs and teams have really had an entire season to look at what you're doing, Belichick, just, he decided we're going to get physical with these guys. We're not going to let them run free and roam free through zones, and we're going to hit the quarterback right in the beak. No, quarterbacks like, no quarterback likes getting hit in the beak, man. Yeah, I like that. I, it, it hurts. Nobody likes getting hit, hit in the beak, and that's what they've been doing. So – Yes, Gurley. Uh, Gurley knee, it, it bothers him. He came into the league with a bad knee, okay? So his, his knee is bothering him some. But still, that offense, pe- people know what they're doing somewhat now, and they, and they have found different ways to slow it down. Well, let's see what adjustments they make. Seattle is Seattle. They're going to be physical. They're going to play close games. They're built to win close games. 
That, that's that's think that's what Seattle has done, even in the beast mode years. That's what they do. So why do I say the Niners are the third best team in the division? The Cardinals, we don't even mention them right now because Bruce Arians has to get that team to understand what what is even like to get going once again and get their system in. Todd Bowles King, on the defensive King, side has to do that. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury. I'm sorry. Kingsbury. Thank you for that. I don't know why I had, had that. He, I mean, that, he was that, there. That's the hits in the head. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. We'll, we'll get to that one anyway. But, I'm not touching that. <laughs> but it's it, the Niners have to still get beyond those other two teams because those other two teams – they expect to win. They know that they know how to win. Uh, they've done it in the past. Confidence comes from doing. These teams have beaten the Niners recently. The guys in those locker rooms don't view the Niners as that team just yet. The Niners got to go out and beat them. They have to beat the Rams. That group of guys have they've been beating on beating up on the Niners in the colors. The same with Seattle. So right now, I put Niners at number three. Because they have to show those clubs and themselves that, that, they, can they, do can, it. that they can do it. That's why they're the third 2-0 and team in, in the division right now. I, I, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying. They, they, they got to show it. They got to prove it. But everything that I know about the NFL, it's a year-to-year league. Not only a year-to-year league, it's a week-to-week league. And we've seen these teams go from worst to first every single year in the NFL. I'm not just saying about. it's I'm not saying it's, it's just week two. Yeah, it's just week two. And and it could happen, but it has to start somewhere. And what I'm saying is it looks like it's starting right uh, now. Oh, oh yeah, well it starts with winning. It starts with winning the games that you're supposed to win. It starts it starts with winning an ugly game on the road that you've lost in years past. It starts with uh, going back to back um, going into a hostile, going into hostile territory and finding two ways to win. Two wins, by the way. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, it, and, and that's it. And it's week two, and you also have two wins by the other teams in the divisions that you expected to win. So, as you're saying, it's it's it has to start with the Niners, and it's starting. I'm not going to flip them to the top just yet because you still haven't knocked out the champ. You still you hadn't even stepped into the ring with the champ. Oh, but it's coming. And yeah, it's coming. And that's that's the great thing about football. That's what I always loved about this sport. Uh, you know, it, you get you get a chance to step in and show that you can hang. But they're just not. That hasn't happened yet. Good signs. You see what happened up in Cincinnati. I, I like the way these guys came in and performed. I like I like what they did. You know, ugly ugly win week one, week two. You come in, and there was some perfect execution. I mean, Rajon, I mean, perfect execution. The, the Goodwin touchdown. Uh, that where, was where he kind of hid behind. Dude, that was one of the best oh shit screens ever. <laughs> and then I and I call it the oh shit screen because that's what our coaches used to always say because there's someone in coverage at that point because you know the play the defense wasn't designed to let him run free. I promise you, at about four or five seconds into that play after the snap, somebody on the screen. On, on the field was screaming, oh, shit, because that was his coverage. And, I mean, it was executed. I went back and I watched the tape, perfect execution. I mean, Goodwin even came down and hesitated and shielded Dunlop as he was trying to come in on, on, on his rush to make it look like a run, like he was trying to come down and block and then took off, and, and the guy in coverage just simply just lost him. Every, everybody thought it was a run. Perfect execution. Kyle put in – a, a game plan that would free guys up, 
that would give the quarterback an opportunity to um, make some easy, wide-open throws, and the offense executed, and that's what you want to see. Defensively in that game, the guys repeated what they did uh, in Tampa, which is what I really like, seeing sound play, good tackling, Wilson's tackling in space. I mean, I, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking around the board, Witherspoon, Solid play. Ronald Blair was a beast. Blair up front. I mean, there are six guys easily in that rotation that are that would start around the league easily. Um, that's what you want to have. They're able to able to pressure the quarterback without having to do a lot of blitzing. There was very little blitzing in that game, uh, and you still had Andy Dalton trying to figure out what to do right there. So, and and that formula, what I see on defense which is such a good sign, they, it's repeatable. The way the guys are playing, the confidence they're playing with, the plays that, they're, that they are making, it's repeatable. So you know that's going to happen. Um, offensively, I, I, I still want to see my quarterback grow. I want to see. I want to see him get better. I think he took a huge step. Well, you know, he played well. He, I said, he he executed very well. But then he also threw an interception. He did that interception. He threw. You know why he threw that interception? He threw another one, too, that almost it should well, have been picked. Well, the one he threw. The one he threw where there was five guys over there? The one that, yeah. You know why he threw that ball? <laughs> why did he throw uh, that because ball? Because it was open in practice. Ah. Uh, okay. It was open in practice. It was open in practice. It, it, that's, that's a young but quarterback. But half the Bengals defense was over there but in, and it but wasn't in open practice, on Sunday. But in practice, when they were running that play and they were telling him, this is what the safety is going to do and this is what this corner is going to do. We're going to hold, run a route to hold – the corner, and you just look at the safety, and you throw it right over the top of that corner's head. Well, the corner didn't bite on the short route. The linebacker dropped underneath it. The corner didn't bite, and he's just sitting there waiting to receive the punt. And he threw, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. It was open at practice, and that's what a young quarterback did. And that's why I'm saying he has to grow and still be able to see what's happening and not just stare down certain routes. Yeah. He still does that. Yeah, if, I mean, you think about it. It's, it this is only – his 12th game yeah. as a starter. Yes. That's less than an NFL yes. season. So that's why I say He's stop. still a baby. So let's stop with the franchise quarterback right now. He has to grow. He played well. I'm going to give him credit for playing well and executing, and I'm going to give Kyle's uh, offensive design a, a, a lot of credit. That that's man's great. smart. I'm so glad you mentioned that, right? Because we're watching the game, and Chris Spielman's calling the game, and he he says it multiple times. Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller in the NFL. Now, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I'm not smart enough to know what, what a great play caller looks like, right? I know what a great play is from time to time. Mm-hmm. I, know I can see a great play design. But as far as a great play caller from, from the very first snap all the way to the end of the game, I'm not smart enough to know, you know whether this guy is a great play caller or not, right? But – in your guesstimation, you know, having having played against guys, who was some who was one of the best play callers you ever been, you know, against? In in what was it about that person or their play caller that made it so such a hard time for you guys defensively? Oh well, this is this is the thing. We don't even have to get into the names of the guys, but we can just talk about what makes a good play caller. Um, knowing knowing the offense. Or the defense. This is the thing from a coordinator standpoint. Knowing the offense or the defense, um, designing plays offensively and defensively, uh, that can work. That's not what makes you a great play caller. It's knowing when to call them. Having a feel for what your opponent is doing. 
understanding how to set your opponent up. Um, Mike Shanahan was one of the most tremendous minds when it came to calling the game that I've ever been around. So you get it from his daddy is what you're saying. Um, um, well, this, this Mike, we, we would literally sit and practice and, uh, but, you know, being the scout team for the offense, and Mike would come in and say, okay, guys, I want on this fake, you know, the safety. He'd tell the safety, I want you to bite on this. And he'd tell the linebacker, I want you to swing out this way. And, you know, he'd tell me at the corner, he was like, Eric, okay, I, I know you wouldn't normally do this, but I want you to bite and jump on this, this number two guy that's coming up the seam. And we'd be like, Mike, no one's ever going to do that. And he would sit and say, you know, once, once I run this play, it's going to make the guys react in this matter because they've seen this. And we would literally sit because we know he'd number his plays. And we would literally sit that first 15 where Mike would tell us, okay, play number seven is going to be a touchdown. And we would count the plays and we would stand there. And the ball would snap. And you would see that linebacker going wide just like he told us. And you would see the safety bite on the play fake. And the corner would do exactly what he said. And, and, and the thing about that, so that's what getting back to, you know, Shanahan being that play caller, it's understanding that that old shit screen is going to work <laughs> because these guys have seen us run this play. I know this particular player is going to do a certain thing. So that's it's to study not just calling the plays because you have them in your, your playbook. You know that that particular team has a player that will be enticed. You know, we're going to show him a little leg, and he can't help but look right now yeah. at this, and it's going to allow this zone to be open. That's what makes a, that's what makes a really good play caller. All these guys have – they design plays that work. Can you, can you get a team to commit to a defense that you know it will work in? That's the trick of being a play caller. That's the chess match. Because, you know, because as a player, I got to a point where I wasn't even looking at the players. It didn't matter to me, Rayshon, if you were lined up against me. I wasn't playing against you anyway. I'm playing the puppet master. Ah. I'm playing against the coordinator. The first thing I did was look and see who's the coordinator. What system do you come from? Because there are only so many systems out there. I mean, you know, where you did you come in an offense that, you know, that's a Parcells guy? Are you a Zampezi guy? Um, you know, right now, you know, is it? Are you a West Coast guy? Are you? Did, did that coordinator come from the Bill Walsh system? Because if so, I know that there are certain plays that you're going to run. Zampezi system, certain plays you're going to run. That's the way it is right now. You know, like Sean Payton, like certain plays you're going to run, and and then these guys morph. They morph like Andy Reid's a West Coast guy, and he has put his stamp on it. And you see that around the league. Different guys do different things, but. It's, it's all like that system that has developed and where it comes from. So that's what you, that's what you have to look at from, from a defensive standpoint. This is what these guys like to do. Um, and w what does that play caller like to do in certain situations? That's what you have to do. And Kyle has gotten to a point to where he, he understands the defenses that he's going against, going against and how to set up guys. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe – Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We're found wherever you listen to your podcast. If it's a bad review, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Only the good stuff. Only the good stuff. Only the good stuff. Hey, man. Don't, I, don't be a hater. Bubba don't be Paris, a hater. Bubba Paris told me that when my rookie year. He said, don't believe anything they write about you unless it's good. Then it's all true. Right. Well, my, gra <laughs> my grandma told me that unless you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Right? Oh. Uh,
So sticking with the offense, Radio Raheem. That's what I'm gonna start calling him. Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem. Love him or hate him, huh? He is becoming these through these first two weeks at least. I mean, he he's shown the ability to do just about anything. And and what what Kyle is doing with the offense, he's using everybody, right? And Mostert is. He had two touchdowns called back against Cincinnati. Yeah. But he still ended How up How many with, touchdowns have they had called back this year? Seriously, right? I mean, that's, I mean it's got to be, what, five, six? At least, yeah. right? Because they, they had a few down in Tampa. Kittle had two himself yeah. down in Tampa. I think there were three total against yeah. Tampa, and there were at least two mm-hmm. um, this past week against against Cincinnati. But he still ends up with over 150 yards, uh, scrimmage yards, and then he ended up getting into the end zone. They didn't call it back. It was a receiving touchdown as yep. well. But his versatility – that he's bringing to this offense has been phenomenal through these first two games. What what, what do you like from what you've seen from him? Uh, that they, you know, I, I said it before. I know it's his fifth year, and I and I've called him a young player. But it, you know, it's I, I kind of look at young players the amount of time you've actually been on the field playing a position. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. It's the same with with Garoppolo. You have to get out there and play. You just touched on it. He's a versatile player. Uh, he's able to do what they need him to do. The the days of that pounding. Um, seven yards deep, downhill runner, it, it's gone. because The rules have changed. The game has morphed, and you have to be able to catch the ball, receive the ball out of the backfield. You have to be able to block, um, you know, pass protect, um, and then still run between the tackles. He's able to do that, and he has the mindset to do it, and he plays tough, and he runs smart. Um, and it's a and there's a different change up than when you have Breida in there. And from a defensive from from a defensive player's look, that changes the way you play, the pace of things, um, and how you have to approach w- what they're doing. And um, Kyle is doing a really good mix of not allowing defenses to know exactly what's happening based on the players in in the backfield. I think that's a really good thing. That's a really good sign showing that you have guys uh, on your roster across the board that you can do different things with, uh, but also the same things. Because you can run the same plays. You can run the same plays with Raheem that you run with Brita, uh, but it's 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 a different feel. It's a different thump. And I'm gonna get some credit to the offensive line too because they've been playing well. They're playing well. They're, they're playing well, and these backs are understanding what they have in front of them, and they're giving them opportunities to to do some, make some really good plays. Because but, but some of those runs, you know, that's Raheem. That's that's Breida. It's radio, yeah, radio Raheem. Yeah, Raheem, Raheem, Matty B. He, he's been making plays, man. The the what about this notion that this team does not have a number one wide receiver? Um, well, you, and, and that and that being a being being a big deal, I don't think it's a big deal. I, I want to get your 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 take on it first about their about there not being a true number one wideout for for Jimmy G and for this offense. Well, this is what happens when you don't have a true number one something. If you don't have a true number one um, receiver, and they do have a, a true number one receiver, that's Kittle. That's their that's their number one receiver. Now the question uh, and and the reason I say that. There's a problem when you don't have a true number one um, because defenses don't have to morph what they do based on it, which makes things more difficult on your play caller because he can't dict- he, he knows he can't dictate what a defense is going to do by formation simply by spreading that guy out wide. A healthy A.J. Green is going to have a certain amount of attention. 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins a certain amount of attention. You, you know what I'm saying? So we, we can start going down the board and start naming guys, naming players that you would say, okay, he's a number one, and you have to defend him a certain way. So because I have two guys accounting for him, be it a corner and a safety or a linebacker in a corner, you know, now I know that I can create just by this guy being on the field, just by Julio Jones standing in a certain position defensively, you better do certain things. And if you don't, we're about to eat. So that's that's the issue with not having one. Can you function and not play? Yes. If you those doesn't mean that these guys aren't capable of making plays. Is it just means you have to be more creative as a as a um, offensive coordinator. As a, as, a, as a group, you have to still have those guys make plays. Your quarterback has to be a little bit better in those situations. I mean, Brady Brady had guys that no one – he didn't have this so-called labeled number one receiver, but he always had – you know, I mean, there are years where he, he had really good guys making plays, becoming pro bowlers, having good seasons because of their numbers, um, but they never had that marquee guy. You know, on a lot of those teams that he's been on that have won at a high level. Yeah, I so, mean, the, the one time he had it, Moss, they yeah, ended up yes. losing in the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, you, you know, but you also see what they put up, the numbers they put yeah. up. But you, so it can be done. It, it, it can be done. Uh, you still want that guy to develop because, like I said, it, it, it changes the way teams have to play defensively when you know the ball is going to a certain guy. I mean, when I knew – I knew when we played the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, when when those two teams were kings of the league, I knew that going that going into that game, it was just like a running back. Emmitt Smith was going to get his 25 touches. Yeah. Michael Irvin was going to get his 20 touches. So you know that you, you do things accordingly based on that. And, and that's, that's – also what allowed North Turner, their offensive coordinator, to try and run certain plays based on that because he knew that we knew it. That's that's what a number one does for you. I, I think in today's NFL, it's a little overblown. And I think you, to your point, you talked about the Patriots and, and Tom Brady. You don't really have to have one. I, I think when you, you look, have to have a Tom Brady, though. You have a Tom Brady, but you look at, look at what he's done throughout his career. He's never really had a, a true number one guy. And they got A.B. this year. We'll, we'll see how that, how that pans out. But, you know, but, but remember what I said throughout that? I was saying everyone always says Tom didn't have these guys. Go back and look up the list. Look at the list of receivers that Tom has played with that had Pro Bowl seasons. While the, when, when people were saying he doesn't have a number one, well, the guy was a Pro Bowler that season. What he didn't have, what Tom Tom has always had good receivers. What Tom didn't have is that consistent same name guy that played for him year in and year out. Because Belichick would bring these guys in and out because they didn't have that number one marquee. Well, I mean, those first Super Bowls it was Troy Brown. And Troy right. Brown, go back it, and look. Troy Brown, Troy Brown, Brown played very well for him with Tom. Yes, it was Brown, and but but see, he he only had to play well with Tom. See, what people are like, well, he didn't go anywhere else and play well. He didn't need to. And, and that's to my point. If you bring it back a little bit more current, you look at what the Rams have done under Sean McVay, right? Mm-hmm. They have never had a true number one, but they got guys like, you know, Woods and Cooper Cup. I think that very first year was Woods, Cup, and Sammy Watkins. Well, it's, right? But look what. And, and, and none of those but, guys are what you would call elite, right? Well, I'm not well, as big well, as Robert Woods fans as there is. Oh, but, but this is Sammy Watkins. 
whether he catches the ball. Sammy Watkins is like Ted Ginn. These are two players, if they're on the field, you better pay attention to them because they can run past everyone. So having Sammy Watkins on the field, whether he catches the ball or not, ask the people that play against Kansas City right now. Whether he catches the ball or not, you know that he can, and you have to, you have to guard him. Cooper Cup, say what you want to say about him. How many first downs did he get? How, many, how often did he move the chains? How, see, everyone always looks at the splash plays. When you're out there defending him, everyone thinks about the 40-yard play down the field. You know what's just as painful? Catching a six-yard curl on third and four. And, and that's to my point. So instead of having that elite number one guy, you got a bunch of really good guys. I think that makes it a little bit harder on the defense because a guy like a McVay or a guy like Kyle Shanahan, which we saw on Sunday, he can he, he can kind of take his pick, right? All right, we're going to go to this guy. We're going to go to that guy. So instead of just one Michael Irvin that you got to contend for, now you got four or five different guys that are going to get their touch. Like Jimmy so, threw it to eight different guys Okay, on he threw it to eight different guys. But I can tell you right now, if you think they wouldn't take one Michael Irvin, you bumped your head on something. They take, they take one Michael Irvin. They take one Michael Thomas. There's not a coach out there that wouldn't take one um, um, DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that you need it in today's NFL, though. Yes, you do. I don't know that you do. Dude, you know what? When's the last time a team has won a Super Bowl with, with what you would call an elite wide receiver? Well, you don't. Well, one player, one player is not going to win the Super Bowl for you. Exactly. Super, but but one player can help you get there consistently and give you that opportunity. And I'm going to always take better over worse. I'm sorry. I want all the good players on my team. And if I have an opportunity to get a stud, I want that stud. And that's but it but one player but again, one player can't win it for you, so it's not a question of whether or not you have that guy. Um, but what what team has won the Super Bowl since you want to throw that out there? What team has won the Super Bowl with a bunch of bums? I'm not gonna call them bums. What team what team has won it? last year Tom won with a bunch of really good guys? Not one elite guy. All Tom Super Bowls have been with really good guys. Why did not, Tom? Not well, okay, but let me guy. ask you this Listen, question. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you a question. Why did Tom win that Super Bowl last year? Was it about the offense or the defense? It's about the defense. And the defense had studs. See, that's my point. You got, you got to yeah, have. Yeah, we're talking about offense right now. No, no, no. We're talking about wide receivers specifically. But we're talking about you. You brought up winning a Super Bowl. You're like, what team has to do it? And that's what I said. It's not about winning. It's not about one player to win a Super Bowl. It's about having talent across the board that's playing well at the right time. And that and that's why I had to point that out. You can't throw Tom in the Super Bowl last year because he because of that. If Tom had gone in with a bunch of bombs and scored 60 points, now you have you your point is valid. He didn't win that game because of that. Defense won that. Defense won defense, that. Game. Defense carried the season for them. A major part of it last year. It, which is why they're so dangerous right now because they are clicking on offense and that defense looks good, man. Right, man but get, that's but that's what you you have to have some some star players. That's why you you take those guys. But Cooper Cup, that's it with the Niners. Kittle, you can take this back. All Kittle. really good player, and they will give you fits week in and week out. But you basically, can, you can it, still is, be, is my point. You can still be the number one. I mean, Jason Witten was the number one receiver in Dallas for years. How'd that work out for them? Uh, well, I mean, Dallas, that's just Dallas. They didn't have it across the board. They had a horrible defense, so they, so they didn't get a chance. So, But we're, we're just talking about how how it affects your offense. Now, offensively, they were, they were really good all those years. They couldn't stop anyone when it came time to stop them. So, as, so with the Niners, do you, do, can you function? I, I know what you're getting at. Can you function and play well? Can this team continue to win 
um, if those guys don't develop into a stud number one, if, if one doesn't come out of the out of that room this year. Yes, uh, we've seen what they've done. They've already won games and they can continue to win games. Will it help Kyle? Yes, tremendously, tremendously. If he has a player that you have to account for, yes. You look at the way he's he's because he still has the ability to throw the ball to whomever he chooses. He still has the ability to to draw up plays and say I'm going to spread the ball out to eight different receivers the way he did. But it's going to make it so much easier if he knows that defense is double teaming, triple teaming a certain guy, like we've seen him do with Julio Jones. You, you're talking about that one key player and we switch it over to the defensive side now and Jalen Ramsey asked to be out of Jacksonville reports came out earlier today that the Niners aren't interested apparently the price tags are pr- pretty high Jaguars asking price for Ramsey they want some reports say at least one first round pick mm-hmm. other reports say at least two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey who's in the last year of his contract and he wants to be paid like the highest cornerback or as the highest cornerback in the entire NFL um the Niners say they don't want. Uh-huh. They don't want in on this. Uh-huh. What do you say? Um, well, there are two ways to look at it. Um, now, Jalen is such he's such a talent, and yeah, no, no, uh, number one, it's worth it because you're not going to draft a guy. You're not. I mean, he's young enough. You're not going to draft a guy next year, first round. That especially the position that the Niners, if they keep doing what they're doing, they'll be drafting in in the first round, the lower half. Um, that's going to be as good as Jalen. So if I'm giving up a number one, yeah, I do it. And depending on what else they want behind that, I do it. If you start talking two ones, three ones, players, then the number, the price tag can get too high. But them wanting to trade out Jacksonville, wanting to trade out a number one for him, it cost them a one, a high one. I get that, and I and Jalen's worth worth he is worth the price tag. That's and and yes, I I would have to consider that, and I still think they are considering it. They really do. They don't have to tell us everything. But there's no way that you you look at a talented player, especially when your GM is a former defensive guy. He knows the importance of having that corner, having that lockdown corner like that, um, that teams will sort of game plan for again on the other side of the ball. It You, you can do things accordingly when you can take away someone's number one. Um, you, you think about it. But the flip side of that is that uh, you have to look at, what you have in the room already. How good do you feel about your young guys? How good do you feel about the development of the players that you have right now and looking at the other aspects of the team? You got a lot of defensive linemen, and they're eating right now. Yes, and you're going to have to pay them soon. Um, do you want to put 16, 17, 18 million into, that, into your secondary when you know you have to put some of that money up front when you have a young guy who's still developing and he's is his payday hasn't come yet so you have so you have to look at those windows on what what do we think we can do by the time we have to play certain players that's how you look at it across the board what's happening with the Niners secondary right now do they need someone else if they continue to play the way they are and I think that it's repeatable do you need another player? No. If you have an opportunity at the right price to get Jalen, you're damn right you do. Like I said, I want all the good players on my team. Come on, man. Come on. 
That's just dumb it did not, to not think about getting that in at, at, at your price. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, and I, and I would. I would. I would flip a one for him. One one. I would. I would flip a one. Yes. I, 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 I agree flip, with you there. I would flip a one, and I would also flip. I would flip a one and one into the D lineman. Reason being, I I I'm gonna have to let one of them go anyway. So if it would, because you can't pay everyone, yes. and if it's gonna help get the deal done, and I know that I can get that money off the books, you right now, as currently situated, you have enough D lineman to to play the way you want to play. Sala can run his defense and his rotation and keep those guys fresh the way he wants to play right now. I, do, I would do the deal. 1-1. One, one, one. I agree with you, 1-1. One, one. Yeah. You talk about multiple ones, not sure. Uh, Especially you know a guy what, with an expiring contract. I, I, I play with two guys that I think – there are two guys. And, and I've looked around the league and all this stuff and everything. And I know, I know people put a lot of currency into those ones because you never know what they're going to develop into. But you, you have to assume that the people doing the selecting – aren't that inept at their jobs that they that they won't screw it up and you know so with everything being even I mean two I play with two players that I'm like okay I okay they're they're worth I'll give one I'll get two ones I'll get three ones if I had to Jerry in his prime and Charles Haley in his prime mm. I, I, whatever whatever it takes to get those guys I, I would give it up those are the only players that I've ever seen that I that I that I would personally do it for because like you, and reason being because I know what I'm going to get. It's not about talent. It's, it's it's not about talent. It's not about anything other than you know what you you know what you're going to consistently get. There are a lot of talented players. You the Randy Mosses and all of these. There are so many talented players and Hall of Famers. And you're like, hey, these guys are great players. But there was no drop off. We're talking prime. Jerry Rice was Jerry Rice. Charles Haley, Charles Haley. And and what you knew you were going to get was Hall of Fame play year in and year out out of those guys. So those are the only ones. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Niners, a 41-17 to win at Cincinnati. They come back home for the home opener against the Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll break that down for you later in the week. ED, this was fun, man. Yeah, you know what? One thing, one thing I want to mention right now, um, Joe Staley. Joe Staley, yeah. out with that broken fever. Yeah, Joe Staley. Six out, to eight weeks. Yes, you know, and they came in, a lot of running. Got to see what's going to happen at the back of position there. They came in, you know, it was more running than anything. So we're going to see how that worked out. That's that's a that's a big loss, you know. That's a big loss coming out of this game, you know. So that that's, that made it a, an expensive win. It was a good win, but it was an expensive win. It so you can't, came so at I a couldn't, cost. couldn't close. Yeah, couldn't close without talking about Staley. So we'll talk more about Staley and our Steelers preview We'll get into Staley. We'll get into what these Steelers look like without Big Ben and so much more. That'll be later on in the week. But for Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I am Rashawn Haylock. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on Believe Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.